name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We were buried with Christ by means of baptism into death, so that we may walk in newness of life. In the Epistle today, St. Paul speaks in clear and very beautiful terms of two different lives that are lived, that we live. And he makes a contrast between them. Um, He calls one of the lives uh, the old life, and the other life the new life. The old life can be seen in different ways, but the first and primary way in which we should see the old life is referring to our individual life. Each one of us who have embraced the Catholic faith and have chosen to to follow Christ have formerly lived another life. We we have uh, an old life that we used to live, and now there's the new life that hopefully we are living. That old life is, is our life before our conversion. It's the life that is unredeemed. It's the life in the state of sin, the life of slavery to sin. Whenever we, we have a sung Mass, as we, as we do today, when, when we started the Mass, we sang the asparagus. And this is from Psalm 50. We, we take one of, the, one of the lines from Psalm 50 and we sing it. Um, it's, it the, the, the line goes, You will sprinkle me with hyssop, and I shall be cleansed. You shall wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. But a few verses before that, King David says the following, Behold, I was conceived in iniquities, and in sins did my mother conceive me. This is our old self. This is our old life. The fact that, that we were born into a state of sin. That, that we're, when we come into this world, we have original sin on our soul. We have this tendency, this proclivity, inclination towards sin, towards self-destruction. Our old self is, is the self that inclines towards sin, has that affection for sin, loves death more than life, loves evil more than good, loves earth more than heaven. That is our old life. And we seek in the, in the old self to be attached to this weary old world that is so well represented in the city, which Las Vegas, which obviously has the nickname of, of Sin City. And of, when, when you're flying to, to Vegas, um, you realize that a lot of people are, are coming here. The reason why they come here is precisely to live up that old life, to, to give uh, a certain catering to the pleasures of this world and the inclinations of their flesh. Um, we, we could call Vegas the sin city. We also call it the city of the old man. Where people come to to live uh, the life of the old man. So, Saint Paul, when he frequently, frequently he he likes to make this contrast, and it, and it does very much clarify things for us. In other words, who we are in this life and what we are meant to accomplish in our Catholic life, and. In his epistle to the Galatians, one that will actually be read on the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, uh, he makes a list, just to make it clear to us what we're talking about when we speak about the life of the old man and the new life. He makes a list of the works of the old life. If you're living the old life, the unredeemed life, what sort of things do you do? 
says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are immorality, uncleanness, licentiousness, idolatry, witchcrafts, enmities, contentions, jealousies, anger, quarrels, factions, parties, envies, murders, drunkenness, carousings, and such life. This is the life into which we were born. This is the, the life to which uh, we are inclined by our fallen human nature, in which we are asked to set aside. We are even asked to put to death that old life through the grace of Christ. How do we get the new life? We get the new life through a death. We, we pass through a death you know, because you have to put the old man to death. Something has to die. That old man has to die. So you put the old man to death, and then you rise up to a new life. This happens in the sacrament of baptism. Um, St. Paul is referring to the sacrament of baptism as it was practiced in the early church where there was immersion. And you would go down into the pool, and you would get buried in the pool, as it were. You would get dunked in the pool. This is symbolism of you dying. And so that was a union between your death and the death of Christ. If the death of Christ is what redeemed us, so we go down to the pool, we die with Christ, and then the person rose out of the water and they walked on the other side and they rose up to a new life. Of course, when, when that happened, um, the original sin that was on their soul was wiped away and the grace of God was put into their soul. And that is the new life that, that they're given through the sacrament of baptism. However, even after we have this new life, which is the life of God, a life that is eternally new, a life that never grows old, that's, that's the difference. I mean, when you have the life of God, you have in your soul the seed of eternal life, of a life that cannot die. So St. Paul speaks of newness of life. It's, it's a life that is eternally new. Whereas the life of the world is always old. Even when it is life, it's always old. So after we go through that ceremony and we have the life of God in our soul, we must be very clear that, that we still have something of the old life within us. We still have the inclination towards sin that, that every single one of us in this room, we still feel. For none of us did, did, did our baptisms turn us into a saint. After you were baptized, you, you never had any inclination to sin afterwards, or, or you never committed any sin. But we still, after baptism, even after we have the state of grace, we feel this affection for sin, this inclination towards sin, this love of the works of the world. And that's why we have to make such a strong effort, even after our baptism, to put away sin, to, to put to death the old man. The, the dying of the old man, the killing of the old man, it's, it's a process that must take place every single day of your life. It's, it's an ongoing process. He's hard to kill. So you've got, to, you've got to persevere throughout your life in putting him to death. When St. Paul, after he lists the works of the flesh, he says... Those who belong to Christ have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. It's a continual putting to death 
of our own inclinations towards sin. Through the grace of Christ, through that new life that is in you, you have the power to put to death those inclinations towards sin, to all those works that St. Paul lists. One of the biggest errors that exists in the church today is the idea that those two lives, the old life and the new life, that somehow they're compatible. Somehow the best way to deal with the old life, the old man, is make something of a peace treaty with him and um, get along with the old man. Somehow honor the old man while still honoring the new man um, and kind of get the best of both worlds. You, you, you get to honor the world, you get to honor God, you get to go to heaven, and you get to be respected in the world around you. This is, this is the idea. Above all, it makes, it makes people forget um, the very essence of, of our faith, which is, which is this. It's the crucified Christ. You, know, you, you, you cannot make this compromise between the old life and the new life without hiding the reality of what our Lord has done. He died a bloody death. He was murdered on a cross for our sins. This confusion, it's, it's found in Pope Paul VI's speech, which closed the council, the Second Vatican Council, October 11th, 1965, I think it was December 8th, actually, 1965. Here's what he says. He says, The attention of our council has been absorbed by the discovery of human needs. We call upon those who turn themselves modern humanists and who have renounced the transcendent value of the highest realities to give the council credit at least for one quality and to recognize our own new type of humanism. We too. In fact, we more than any others, honor mankind. The modern world's values were not only respected, but honored. Its efforts approved. Its aspirations purified and blessed. The world seeks to magnify man, magnify the old man, not the new man, the old man. And guess what? We too, we too want to honor the old man. How different this language of Pope Paul VI, who is now called Saint Paul VI, from the language of Saint Paul the Apostle. It's totally opposite. Saint Paul is not telling to us, and you won't find in any of his epistles any language saying, I, more than anybody else, honor man. I honor the old man. I honor the works of the world, the works of the flesh. No, he's saying, you have to crucify the old man. You have to put to death the old man. You must not compromise with the old man. If you do not do these things, you cannot go to heaven. That is what he says. So this new spirit in Vatican II, where, where there is this attempt to somehow honor the world, honor the old man, and say that we're still serving Christ and we're still serving the baptismal life, the supernatural life, causes modern prelates to do 
things that I don't know that they've ever been witnessed in the history of the church. <clears throat> I especially think about an incident that happened a few years ago. And there's, I mean, I could give so many examples. I'm going to give a few examples. But there was one incident that happened four years ago that for me kind of epitomizes this spirit of like, we're, we're going to, now our new strategy is let's honor the world and, and somehow call that evangelization. It was the occasion of the Met Gala in New York City. So the Met Gala is an event in New York City. It's a fundraising event for the Metropolitan Museum of the Arts. And it's characterized by lots of celebrities showing up with very little clothing on. And in 2018, they decided that their theme for the Met Gala was going to be fashion and the Catholic imagination. So all these celebrities who are very scandalous in their lives, they're very scandalous in the movies they produce or the songs that they sing or or whatever, they were going to show up wearing Catholic sacred vestments or uh, things that pertain to the Catholic faith um, that, that we would see as being holy, and, and they were going to wear them as some kind of uh, theme in order to, to raise money. So what do you think happened? Um, the Cardinal of, of New York, Cardinal Timothy Dolan, um, he did not come out and say, this is an abomination. These things are very precious to us. These things are very sacred to us. Um, you must not wear these things in this sort of secular context as some sort of uh, funny game or as, as a way to entertain yourselves and, and raise money. He did not say any of that. Rather, he said, well, I've got some things that I can lend you, that, that you can put on. He was joking that, that Rihanna was, was wearing his mitre. You know, and, and she, she had a cope on and a, and a miter on. Um, and not, not only that, but, but um, he actually showed up at the gala. He, he lent them things, and he appeared there at the gala, and he kind of justified it by saying that, well, you know, I was talking with some of these celebrities about their memories of the Catholic faith. Some of them were falling away Catholics. He's like, well, you know, we were chatting, and they remembered something of their, of their Catholic faith. And I don't think that any of them converted from their conversations with, with Cardinal Dolan. As I see, there's, there's a million other examples that are possible of the prelates wanting to pay homage to the world while at the same time pretending that they're serving Christ. You have, you have the Pacamama idols in the, in the Vatican of recent memory. Um, Remember that World Youth Day in 2013 where they had uh, their, their, the mass, the closing mass on the um, Copacabana Beach in, uh, in Brazil. You have Franciscan monks who rap. Um, you've got the, um, in 2020, there were some Dominican cloister Dominican nuns that were produced a video to participate in the Jerusalem challenge um, it was a sort of a COVID thing, where and, and they were just like dancing in their in their convent, making a video. I don't know if you remember Sister Christina Scuccia in Italy, um, who who won the the voice contest in Italy 
back in 2014 and then went on to produce her own label, um, seeing songs uh, that, that had been produced by Madonna, you know, and uh, she was so celebrated for, for doing that. But what we have to be clear upon um, is, is that there's, there's absolutely no way for us to, to live the new life without repudiating and putting to death the old life. Uh, you have to put the old life aside. You can't live the new life while incensing and bowing down to the old life. They are radically incompatible. And if, if we're trying to somehow merge the two in our own life, um, we are on the path of losing our soul. St. Paul says, We were buried with Christ by means of baptism into death so that we may walk in newness of life. When we died with Christ, we, we died to the life of sin. We, we, we pledged ourselves to give up that life of sin, to abandon that life of sin. And the spirit of this world, that is the spirit of sin, they, 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 are, they are bedfellows, the spirit of the world and the spirit of sin. We did it so that we can live with Christ in eternal life. But to do that, we have to crucify our, our flesh. We have to put to death the works of the flesh. We have to make that constant struggle against sin. We have to be willing to continually push away that spirit of the world with, with perseverance. Above all, we, we have to want to be holy. You have to want to be holy on a, on a regular basis. If you, if you do not desire holiness, um, then you're still in love with the old man. You're living a life for the old man. So my dear people, let us, let us pray for this grace. Let us pray for this very great grace to be alive with the new life, the life of grace, and completely dead to that life of sin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.